The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing once again. Uh, we have none other than our very own senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. We have our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. It's a miracle I'm even awake at this moment, Mark. <laughs> we have from thelifewithgenergy.com, generally Seldy. Feeling generalized on pineapple tonight. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's everybody. I, I was like, we have one more person. I like, know we don't. That's everybody. Um, on this week's show, we're going to have a uh, prompt comics. I want to get from Mr. Masperano. is going to have his comic pick of the week. We have an Edler J. Bird and Lee segment, and I have an interview with a uh, comic uh, convention organizer and artist, uh, Sebastian Bonet. Um, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating 25, six years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is going to be a special event. It's going to be on May 1st. It's the Big Apple Silver Anniversary Prequel Expo. What? <laughs> Because the Big Apple Silver Anniversary, I get all that. Okay, it's a prequel expo. Okay, so I don't know what that means. It's going to be a one day show. Prequels, like (laughs) it's going to be a one day show, and then they're going to have their official Big Apple Con uh, later in the year. But right now, it's just a one day show on May first. It's a prequel event of what's going to of what's coming up in the future. Oh, Uh yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, start with the oh Patreons, and we have to get of which they are. Oh, hey, of which they are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin Ray. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Like we came from radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout-out on our show. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, so let's see. Let's hit with the sad news. Actor Felix Anthony Cilia died recently from pancreatic cancer. Uh, Felix is most famous for his performances of Tweaky the Robot in a TV series, Buck Rogers in the 21st Century, and of Cousin It, spelled with two T's, I never knew that, on the television series The Addams Family. Uh, Charlie, you actually met him, right? You hung out with him for a while. I met him a couple of times, yeah. Uh, Actually, Charlie and I both met him at the one at that last con we did that. You were there? Con. Yeah. That, yeah. We yeah. Was was it uh winter or LA? It, it, it was winter con with I think uh, it was LA Gil Gerard. No, it was with Gil Oh, so you met him twice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I met him twice. Yeah. I think we were at LI Geek. Yeah, that's at yeah. that same con we met the the guy from uh uh Game of Thrones. Yeah, Great that guy. was cool. 
Yeah. Okay. But uh, he. I still uh, have my stick. Do you have your stick? Oh, I. It's right. <laughs> actually, right over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a nice guy. Nice. Came from Italy. Nice Italian. He was Gumbad. You know, we were talking. <laughs> you know, Italy stuff, and uh, you know, um, just nice, nice guy. I very, have to be sure. very interesting life. Um, yeah, extremely interesting life. I hope somebody does a uh, a workup of of his history, uh, circus stuff, and and getting into acting and uh, all that good stuff. And uh, just uh, like I said, he reminded me of uh, you know the guy you meet at the uh, at the the freaking social clubs, like sitting there, you know, just. <laughs> Just talking Italian, only a little smaller. You know? Wow. So, so you seem right. to know yeah. a lot about him. Why don't you do a biography? <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. Why Why shouldn't I? But I do not have the time. And actually, but, uh, uh, now that you mentioned, I do remember that you did interview him. We have an interview. We uh, have an interview with so, him. and Yeah. So maybe uh, we'll re-air the interview uh, in honor of right. like, him passing away. And huh. and it was so great to see him with Gil Gerard, and and they were kidding about Gil was kidding about Gil like I know, uh, <laughs> Gil Gerard was kidding about how many times he had to pick him up and put him on places, you know, in the Tweaky costume, you know. Uh, so um, I guess uh, Jen, you're not a uh, Buck Rogers fan. Don't even know. Ooh. No idea. No, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Dude, I could have told you she didn't know. Right. Right. Buck Rogers. If you're up, if you're up at 12 o'clock on Saturday night, me TV channel 33. So, oh, okay. uh, okay. he was, yeah. uh, <laughs> just a reference, Jen. That's all. I'm sure that's exactly what Jen I'm does. Sure, at midnight I'm on, sure Jen is not Saturdays. doing anything on Saturday nights. Right. But yeah. anyway, he was all in all. Well, you know, I like to was, honor the dead. <laughs> he was he oh, was okay. good, uh, good guy, good guy. So he was a, a a super young, eighty four years old. Damn. Yeah, I have. If you guys hang out for one second, you know, don't go anywhere. Hold it's on. It's a radio one show. <laughs> one second. <laughs> all right. While he's going oh, off, yeah. I'm gonna you we're can. gonna move on to a yeah. No, no, advertising time being wasted, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> You can't uh you can't see the picture. I was gonna show you a picture. You can't no, see can't. the shot. Oh. All right, forget it. I showed you the radio I love the it's, it's right behind me on my convention. <laughs> Did anyone ever tell you sight gags don't work on the radio? Oh my god. All right. Um, oh, you should have told them that in the years that they only had radio. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> More sad news. Actress Helen Elizabeth McCrory. M-C-E-R-O-R-Y, also died recently, also from cancer. Uh, Helen appeared in a plethora of movies such as The James Gang, uh, Dad Savage, Charlotte Grey, Enduring Love, The Queen, Becoming Jane, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and its sequel, Harry, Bo- Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2, Hugo, Skyfall, The One in Black, Angel of Death, and Loving Vincent, just to name a few. On the small screen, Helen appeared in such shows slash major TV movies as Dirty Old Town, Claire, Witness Against Hitler, Spoonface, Steinberg, Split Second, North Face, Dead Gorgeous, Sherlock Holmes and the Case of the Silk Stocking, The Special Relationship, Peaky Blinders, 
Peaky Penny, Blinders. Peaky Blinders, thank you. Penny Dreadful, Fearless, and Roadkill, just to name a few. I guess you are an expert on a, a fan of uh, hers, uh, Dominic? Yeah. I, first of all, she was she's married or was married to uh, Damian Lewis, who was on um, – he, he's on Billions Now, and he was on um, Homeland – and just a brilliant actor himself, and it's just sad because, like, I like I like both of them to so to know that that uh, she passed from cancer, and like, no one I hadn't heard anything that she was suffering from cancer. I'm I'm shocked uh, about that, and I feel very sad for uh, Damian Lewis. Anyway, I watch her on Peaky Blinders, and she is just a genius in that show. It's just a shame that she's she's passing so young. Dominic, uh, not Dominic, uh, Charlie, you're aware of uh, Helen? No, I'm, I'm sure, again, if I seen a picture, I would know. Yeah, I'm holding up a picture right now. <laughs> oh, oh, that, yeah, that's all. All right. Charlie, there's this now thing. I uh, know. You're on a computer. You've got this magical site. It's called Google. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's too much right there. I have enough trouble with that. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, my all God. I, all I want to know is not to uh, discredit her. But that movie, one of the movies she was in, did you say The Coming Game? Um, no. Wow. <laughs> well, because your audio was like breaking up. Becoming. She was becoming Jane. She was becoming Jane. Oh. Oh, it wasn't okay. coming to Jane. Charlie she was becoming Jane. I, I, was <laughs> thinking, I was thinking, how did I miss that one? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, we got to pass the very strict censors of sci-fi radio here, buddy. Well, well, you know what? That's what I it's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi, sir. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, trying well, to that's what happens. Charlie went to my show on Monday. <laughs> this is it. That's, a that's what a lot of dirty standards jokes. and practices, my friend. They're going to come Jen, down. That, that was. So I got to say, so. Jen, that was a great routine with the. Six foot thing, you know what I mean. Six feet oh, apart. Yeah, Everybody who's well. listening to the show has this no idea so what I mean. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's show. move on. We're moving on. Sir, We're moving on. Mark, you know how sometimes the show goes off the rails? Yeah, it has gone into the dumpster, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what we gotta, we gotta, we gotta course correct. And uh, well, that's it for the sad news. Let's go on with the not as sad news, happier news, uh, from the that's a lot of nuts department. Um, the new Godzilla film has kept the number one spot for three, three weeks in a row, pulling in an additional $7.8 million at the domestic box office. To put things into perspective, this time last year, the biographical drama film Resistance, which is described as the story of the famous mime Marcel Marceau as he works with a group of Jewish Boy Scouts and a French resistance to save the lives of tens of thousands of orphans during World War II, uh, took the top spot with just... $2,490. Uh, keep in mind, this would be the sixth full week in which the ongoing pandemic was going on and which most theaters were closed. Um, of note, Godzilla is now the highest, still the highest grossing film of 2021 so far, with $80.6 million and counting, followed by Tom and Jerry at $42.6 million and counting. Keep in mind that both of these films are available for free with subscription on the streaming service HBO Max. So that's a very interesting thing that these two movies, the two top grossing movies of 2021, are available for free, and yet people are going out to see it. Well, I remember Mice, years ago. Mice, lizards, and Kongs. 
Okay. I remember years sure. ago watching Neil Gaiman talk, and he said that anywhere that people got free copies of his books, his sales ended up going up. Like wherever, like they couldn't get the books, or if it was back in the eighties and nineties, um, uh, and it was like Soviet Russia or whatever. Whatever they like, the books get torn or whatever. He, his sales would go up there. There's something about giving things away for free that makes people want it more. I don't know why. I saw uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I'm glad I didn't pay anything. <laughs> I told you it wasn't good. I told you. Well, you. The last show that I was on, and I was saying, like, all right, I got to go watch this now. I went and I watched it right, pretty much right after. Um, I, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Right, but it wasn't good. It, look, for what it was, I don't know why they had actors, but <laughs> <laughs> they, they, what it really should have been was just 45 minutes of epic CGI of Godzilla versus King Kong. But like I said, like I really didn't. Good think old Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, <laughs> who listens to it came from the radio, doing the play-by-play. It's really what it was. <laughs> like like I like I said, I really I really didn't dig the fight. I was like, it was not even a good fight to me. So that was... I didn't say look, the fight wasn't good either. I'm just saying like <laughs> it looked nice. It, it looked nice. Yeah. It was it was very beautifully done. I mean, I'm watching this and I'm thinking like this plot is terrible, but yes. the whole it's beautiful in, in in the visuals. Yes, yes. I actually after watching it thought to myself, I'd really be interested in sort of a prehistory prequel going over the war between the giant gorillas and the and the lizards you you that put too much cool. thought into that movie right there well it was we interesting. That with Planet of the apes yeah there you go they were trying to hint at like some you know they were talking about the great war and everything i'm just like that'd be kind of cool to see some sort of prequel about that plus if Could, the in godzilla king of the monsters hold on let me just finish this one thing if you remember, mm-hmm. like in the submarine scene, they had this whole like clearly it kind of was like Atlantis where they were worshiping Godzilla. Yeah, I'd love to know what yeah. that would be about. It seems like interesting premises to me. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, Charlie, go. Um, I just have to say, saying on the rails, um, our friend uh, and one of the founders of the show, uh, Shemp, Herman has Schmerz, said, yeah. yeah uh, well, I didn't want to mention his name because he sent me, he sent me a DVD of this because he says, he says, I'm going I'm to send you a DVD. You got to see the movie. It's great. He goes, I'm going to do that because you're my friend. I received the DVD. I planned a whole Saturday afternoon. I put the DVD in. Oh my God. The video is beautiful. It's crisp. I got a, everything. The audio is so low. <laughs> came from the radio does not condone. But 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 yes. Um, I didn't miss anything. I thought the film was better without audio. <laughs> I just put it to the fight scenes, Man. and that was it. That was great. Well, you oh, can pretty much do your own audio <laughs> of the fight scenes. It goes, and pretty much it. Yeah, well, you pretty much, I found out you pretty much don't need audio of the whole movie. Oh, no. You know, All right. You know. <laughs> Which is interesting how last year's number one movie was about a mime. 
That's funny. Nice, nice tie-in. Thank you. Um, so moving on. I had on. no idea they even made that movie, by the way. You were describing <laughs> that movie about Marcel Marceau. I'm like, they made a movie? I had yeah, no exactly. Made $2,400. Number one movie. Last year at, at the time. Yeah, There's a bunch of people that couldn't get the audiovisual guys. They <laughs> <laughs> said, so, you know what? Let's just make it about this guy. So, the dog doesn't like the movie either. Well, let's, let's move no, on. No, no, that, that's the sound effects I use for Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's see. From the NFT, that's for me department. Oh, God. 87-year-old comic book artist Jose Delbo found his way into the NFT world by selling Wonder Woman NFTs for nearly $2 million. What makes this special is that Jose actually worked for DC on Wonder Woman from 1976 to 1981 in addition to many other titles. Joe says... I have been able to take my art to a whole new place. Um, of course, this takes us to the gray area of work for hire and what is known as quote-unquote fan art. Uh, that is work that is not commissioned by the company that owns the characters. DC says, as DC examines the complexities of the NFT marketplace, we work on a reasonable and fair solution for all parties involved, including fans and collectors. Please note that the offering for sale of any digital images featuring DC's intellectual property with or without NFTs, whether rendered for DC publications or rendered outside of the scope of one of contractual engagement with DC, is not permitted. Wow. My dog went in trouble. Sounds like this guy is going to get in trouble. He might. He might. I mean, like I said, this is the gray area of work for hire versus fan art. Like, it's a so copyrighted thing, but not a copyrighted if I, thing. If I understand this, he's basically doing what he's always done going to conventions, which every comic book publisher knew would happen right. in terms of and look their other way because they pay so terribly. Even right. at the top guys they don't really pay that much. So they look the other way so people can supplement. So he's doing the same thing now virtually. And making money, and now they're annoyed. Right, because he's making money. <laughs> he's making right. hand over fist money. Right, because he's not getting paid like 20 bucks by some sweaty kid who's been standing in line for two hours. Now he's getting paid virtually. Two That's million dollars for one piece of artwork. Like, can you imagine that? If all oh. the other big names, like if Jim Lee or Atomic Fawn just went and did that? They probably will end up doing that. If, that's that'll be the virtual con, you know, the virtual artist alley. That someone will put this whole thing together, and you'll just be able to go virtually at one point in time into this con, meet meet or talk to these guys, and then pay them for commissions. But uh, just you know, virtual con, virtual money, and you can it's great for breatharians. You know, breatharians <laughs> are they just live on breath. I mean, that's where we're going. Nothing's real anymore. Isn't that everybody? <laughs> I mean, I pretty no, much know if I stop like breathing. No, solely on breath. <laughs> solely on breath. Not money. Right. Only breath. I got, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got it. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, a weird, it's a weird area because it is intellectual property. You know, there was pay for hire. So, were they, should they be allowed to sell that stuff? Like, it's not their character to sell, but it is their work. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a gray area. And I think this is, this is if this keeps on going, mm-hmm. there's going to be some lawsuits and some stuff going down the line. 
I mean, it's it's always mm-hmm. been a gray area in terms of conventions that you go to, like you go to whoever your favorite artist is, and you say, "Can you draw me a Spider-Man? Can you draw me a Wonder Woman?" You and know, they say yes, I can. And they say yes. I mean, it's the same concept. Right, I'm not saying but it's, right it's wrong. I'm just saying to get into a huff now because oh, he can. Well, because it's 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 so much money. Because yeah. that was the thing. Like, if they had cracked down, half of Artist Alley and any convention would just be gone, and it would look right. bad. I mean, you know, you think about it; they're getting free publicity for people having their characters, and they always yeah. put a stop at like T-shirts and like stuff you can mass produce. So that was always right. the, the the line where they took the blind eye. But now we're at a point I mean, where it's just every New York Comic Con is always like that rumor: the lawyers are coming around this year. Yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah. No. But yeah. now, virtually, a couple million dollars. Uh, now, is it simply because it's virtual? Is that he's able to charge $2 million? I think it's, it's virtual because they were able to pay $2 million. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no one's walking around with like $2 million. Because remember, this is, this is a one-of-a-kind digital image that only he, that, 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 you know, it's not like a print. It's an original piece of digital virtual artwork. Right. So, but like if he was at a con and did an original piece of artwork for you right then and there. Well, who the hell would pay $2 million for that? <laughs> exactly. For some reason, because it's digital, it seems like it. it right. Because he was added on. Correct. The NFT is a big deal. Uh, so let's see. We should yeah, have enough time for, for this one last bit of news. So there's more Still NFT, so NFT news. So moving on. From, you were the one that got it last time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just lost. It's just ridiculous to me. So, like, so I think I get it, but it's just it's just weird. Here's here's some more ridiculousness for you. From Please. the NFT, that's also for me department. None other than filmmaker Kevin Smith has gotten into the NFT market as he plans to release his latest project, which is a horror anthology film called Kilroy Was Here as an NFT. Uh, Kevin takes this one step further as not only do you get the NFT, but you also get the rights to exhibit, distribute, and stream the project wherever the buyer sees fit. Kevin says, as an indie artist, does does the dog not like the executive voice? Let me tell you something. Once the dog knows, right away, you're going to sound nothing like Kevin. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Mm -hmm. says, all right, so then I'm going to use my regular voice. Kevin says, as an indie artist, I always am looking to a new platform to which to tell a story. And crypto has the potential to provide that. Back in 1994, we took Clerks up to Sundance and sold it. Selling Kilroy as an NFT feels very similar. Whoever buys it could choose to monetize it uh, traditionally or simply own a film that no one would ever see but them. We're not trying to raise financially by selling NFTs for a Kilroy movie. The completed Kilroy movie is the NFT. And if this works, we suddenly have a new stage in which I and other better artists than me can tell our stories. So in addition to that, Kevin has announced the launch of Jay and Silent Bob's Crypto Studio, which is an NFT gallery that will showcase and sell art surrounding his characters, dealing exclusively in smoking tokens, which will feature 3D art from his different Jay and Silent Bob movies on a monthly basis. Uh, The tokens will be available in green, orange, yellow, and purple with three platinum token packs coming with all four colors of the smoking token. There will even be an exclusive platinum token, which grants the bearer a crypto cameo in the upcoming Clerks 3 film. Uh, Kevin also says, 
This allows us to shine a spotlight on artists we love and introduce the community to this style by way of our characters. We provide Jay and Silent Bob to you. Uh, you provide the art. Our partner mints the NFTs, and we split the profits. I earn money off of Jay and Silent Bob for years now, so it's nice to provide a licensed place where others can do the same. So now there's an NFT film. When, yeah. as you were explaining uh, that, it made more <laughs> sense. Because, and the way that even Kevin Smith was saying, like, basically, I'm just selling the movie to a studio. It could be an actual studio. It could be one person. It doesn't matter. Right. So the, they want to put it out. They can put it out. Just like the studio. would. He's making his money no matter what. Correct. So like, now I'm kind of at least understanding what this is in terms of that context. Slightly. Charlie, what do you think of the NFTs? I don't really give a damn. <laughs> Frankly, if I, my if, dear. If I'm not if I'm not making money, if I'm not I didn't make that two million, I'm not making money for this. I don't care. Why don't, why don't you make some NFTs, Charlie? You can make an NFT, make a movie, uh, sell it. Yeah, sure. Can <laughs> I make like virtual pots and sell them? Yeah. Yes, you can. You really can. You can make a you can make a, a NFT a pot. And you can make NFT pot pot. <laughs> yeah, like why am I actually doing physical labor? I mean, uh, as as I as I mentioned in other shows, you know, uh, like I uh, something is only worth as much as someone is willing to pay for it. So if someone's willing to pay you, you know, two million dollars for a virtual pot, okay. Well, well let me tell you something. I'm way ahead of you. Back in the late '60s and early '70s, I did a lot of pot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it now. Oh man. <laughs> So, oh. <laughs> so, so, Jen, as as an actress, is what do you think of the a virtual NFT performance now or stand up? You can do that and then sell that. I I need to look into this and get back. I, I was following everything until this. Now I'm I'm just lost. I I don't get it. I I need I need someone to reach out and explain this to me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically a, a virtual image that is one of a kind which people can see and view and, and pirate and whatever, but it's not the original. So it's like, I guess, like a Mona Lisa. You know, there's only one Mona Lisa. And that's valuable because it's only one Mona Lisa. So you can copy it, you can do a, an imitation, but it's not worth that one mm -hmm. Mona Lisa. So it's the same thing, except it's virtual. I've, I've been learning a lot about this uh, NFT stuff. So I'm, I'm learning more as we go along each week. So now I'm like, okay, this is how it works. It's, a, it's anything virtual. So it could be a video. It could be an image. It could be a tweet. It can be anything that's on the computer that's one of a kind because it's verified by the computer people, the computer gods, and say that hmm. this is one thing. So we can have an NFT of our show. NFT of our show because it's one of a kind that they own, despite the fact that anybody can see it, anybody can listen to it, anybody can watch it, but the original is theirs. Now, the person that owns the original, mm. as people come to see it, are getting paid? No, that's the thing. It's not because it's, you, you, you sell it, but you, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you can charge people to view it, but it's something that's virtual that anybody can see. Like, like right now, we can go online and look up a picture of the Mona Lisa. We could. It's not the original. Mm -hmm. We don't have to pay for it. It's free. It's, it's perfectly legal to see it for free, unlike other stuff that we were mentioning before. Um, mm. that's, that's the idea behind it. So if you make a virtual pot, uh, a, a ceramic, a virtual ceramic. Right. So really the key is that whatever you make virtually has to be extremely popular. Right. Therefore, it has value. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So and then um, if you want to, you could sell that original thing to someone. Correct. So so since uh, we're talking about ceramics and pottery, we have uh, about a minute left. So I mean, let me let me throw this your way, Dominic. You make a, a ceramic bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And you get the person who made that song, the ghost song, right? Oh God! And you put the song mm-hmm. to making that pot, right? Mm-hmm. And you okay. make a and you make that a, a video, and that's virtual, right there. That right. you can turn it into an NFT, and then you can sell that as that that image, that piece is yours. The song is something else. The the the, the product is something else, but that virtual image is something different. And as long as you right. get permission from the, the, the ghost guy, then it's fine. He's dead. so Not the actor. <laughs> I'm saying that the guy who made the song, the person who made the song. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, well, all right. Then, then yeah. But I'm just saying the, the, the estate. I, I was going to say that ship sailed, but Tom <laughs> beat me to it. There you go. So, so, so that's, that's, that's where that's going. Uh, all right. You all get it now? Yay. It's- doing exactly what i already do in terms of making a product i'm just making it virtual correct it's probably just as hard for me to find people who want to buy that <laughs> as it is to... actually no it's going to be harder because mine you can at least say here's a bowl it, you can eat from it as opposed to here's a <laughs> yeah. virtual bowl you can well, look at it you can take a virtual a bowl <laughs> yeah you can Her take the virtual bowl you can take the virtual bowl and and you can put it in that virtual house remember yeah <laughs> Yes. I replaced all my real bowls with virtual bowls, and I lost a million pounds, and now I'm, I'm dying. Yeah. See, you see that, Jen? A virtual diet. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, so I thought okay. online training was stupid. <laughs> so it we're just, actually it out of like time. Eventually, it's going to be either music or movies that this, or or uh, like the art market in terms of the fine art market of dead artists. Like, I don't see how this is. Well, I don't know. The guy's alive, yeah. 87 years old. He made a thing. Uh, Kevin Smith is going to make a movie. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll this see. might be a we'll thing. See. But we are out of time. So that's it for, for the news. So we're going to take our mm-hmm. break, and we'll be right back with a game from the radio. Hi. You've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. I'm Nathan Booth from Ben Apple TV, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Every Wednesday, new comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And coming this May from Marvel Comics, Heroes Reborn! So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic card, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday 2 to 7, and Saturday noon to 6. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Thank you, and stay safe. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from Came Radio. I'm here at LI Geek, and I'm very honored to be sitting with Felix Sweeler. Silla. Silla? Silla, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. And, um, oh my God, this gentleman has been in a countless amount of roles on sci-fi, Buck Rogers in the 21st century, and... um, uh, everything Star Trek and uh, the Adams family and all that. So 
enough of me. Uh, Felix, tell everybody just a couple of things you did. A couple of things I did? A couple. Oh, yeah. He didn't even mention Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. Right, the original Planet of the Apes that I got to work with uh, Moses. You know, Charlton Astor, right. he played Moses. I tell everybody I got to play with, work with Moses. But anyway, uh, i never been to Long Island. Uh, I have a friend. I live in Vegas. A friend of mine, I, I told my friend yesterday, he said, um, I said, I'm going to Long Island. And the guy says, where in Long Island? He says, I have no idea. I said, Long Island, New York. I didn't know they had different towns. Now, when I came, I found out the name of the town, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Do you know how to pronounce the name of the town? Hophog. Hophog? Hophog? Yeah. Wow. Because they're all Indian names here. Oh, really? Yes, there's uh, Santa Pog, there's Hopog, every. Wow. Most of the big towns are in a pog. In so, the Long Island. In Long how Island. How big is the Actually, how long is the island? Is? Right. How long is it, the island? Uh, it's pretty long. I wouldn't want to walk it. It's, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, um. Well, people think if you live in the island, Montauk is close. Like if you live in Queens and Brooklyn, they go, you live in the island. Okay. Montauk is close. Okay. No, it's right. not. The Long Island is long. But anyway, uh, I'm, I have a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and uh, actually talking to you. And uh, i never been here, but I have a brother. <laughs> he lives upstate in New York, in oh. Hawthorne, New York. Okay. You remember the Hawthorne Circle? Yeah. Now, when I came from Italy, 1955, I went to live with my brother in Pleasantville, New York, with the Reader Digest. I don't know if it's still there or not. Yeah, and then we moved to Hawthorne, New York, and then I started traveling with the circus for a while, you know, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, and uh, 1962, I decided to give up the circus. And I went to Los Angeles, California to work with a, some company there, and uh, that's how I started out in the business in 1962. And I put a few days in on the movie industry. Uh, I've, I've been all over the place. I've done stunts for little kids. Uh, I've been everywhere. I mean, some of my fans, they know about me more than I do myself. A lot of people, I mean, says, oh, you did this. I say, really? I don't remember, but they know, you know. It's, uh, it's amazing, um, as they, they call us the geeks, it's amazing what, um, how we appreciate you stars, and they, some of the stars say, I didn't even realize this, I was this big, but you are. You know what, uh, I don't do this for, you know, you get a few dollars, you make a few bucks here and there, but I do this for, uh, I'm happy to do it because I want my fan, my fans to know who I, I am, in, 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 uh, to see me in person because I, I was never, uh, I've done a few things without a costume, but mostly what I did, you know, in the movie industry, my, my career was mostly in costume, like Adam's Family, uh, Buck Rogers, uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, Star Wars, I mean, I was on, in costume all the time. So, when I come to this convention, people get to come to my table and really, is this you? I say, yeah, this is me. I, I, sometimes I joke, you know, I say, well, yeah, no, I, this is not me. I, I'm waiting for my twin brother to come out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the chair hot for him, you know. Right. But, you know what, I do this for the fans, because uh, if there was, if there was for the fans, there wouldn't be no movies. So, and I'm really happy to do this, because I, they, they make everybody happy. Oh, definitely, and I'm, I personally, you say they didn't know me, I 
knew you from Buck Rogers. I was a big Buck Rogers fan, and I went out of the way to see who you were. And it was it was amazing when I looked down at the career, Cousin It, uh, all that stuff. And um, that's when you get amazed, when you think somebody is just one-dimensional, and then you look them up, and you find, as you played everything. Right. You know what? Last year, I think they had a Gil Gerard here. Oh, really? Uh, he didn't want to play Buck Roger. Right, you know, right. Gil Gerard. Uh, Gil and I, we do a lot of convention together. Right. Uh, but it, it, this is not really big enough for both of us. Well, he was here last year. Yeah. And Ken, he says, I met Ken a couple of years ago. He says, I want you to my show. I said, okay. You, you give me the word, and I'll be there. So here I am, and uh, I'm happy to be here. And Well, let me tell you, as a fan, I'm happy because when I... When we look at the press releases and see who's going to be there, I says, "Oh my God, I got to come down and I got to got to do this interview." So, um, is there anywhere people could get in touch with you, social media, see what you're up to? Yes, they could email me at uh, tweaky one at cox.net. Okay. Tweaky one, or they could go to felixsilla.com. Right. And they could get in touch with me if they like. Okay, uh, beautiful, yeah. Felix. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to interview you and uh, I wish you well here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Charlie Saladino from McCain from the Radio and we'll be right back. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Firefly Lane. What is Firefly Lane? Sort of a series of two um, best friends throughout the years. Yes, it does not sound interesting at all, but it actually keeps you more captivated than you'd think while watching it. Um, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch it. It looks like a chick TV show to me. Yep, my mom and I watched it. <laughs> yeah, except for the scenes that I walked in on by mistake and then walked right out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't talk about that. We like talk we don't talk that. about Fight Club. I got gotcha. you. No, we watch. I'm watching Fight Club. <laughs> well, we're not going. Well, let's go back to Firefly Lane. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, the the way it was edited was really good. Like, you wouldn't even think that. Well, what's the editing style? Is it like flashbacks? Yeah, basically flashbacks and like flashes to the future, like. Oh, so they flash forward and they and flash, flash back. back. Yeah. So from like their teen years, their twenties, um, and their forties, and then I think sixties. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would consider this one of those things where I don't plan no. on watching. <laughs> oh. But what? What do you think? No. <laughs> well, I definitely don't know. I don't plan on watching it. I mean, but it sounds like a good show. Yeah, it's good. And it's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. I don't know the actors and actresses because 
I haven't seen them before, but <laughs> okay, all right. the uh, main character is Tal Tally Hall and um, Kate Mc. I forgot her last name. Okay, Kate Mc something. <laughs> Kate Kate Mc something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what? Um, so you're recommending this show? Mm-hmm. It's a so, full season. It's only one season so far. It's like forty minutes, forty to fifty minutes per episode. Um, do you think they'll do another one? Yeah, definitely. They left us off on a cliffhanger, <laughs> as they always do. Right? Cliffhangers are the worst, but you don't like cliffhangers. No. Do you not like season cliffhangers or episode cl cliffhangers? Okay, episode. I hate both, but season ones are the are worse because you have to wait. For the next season to finally understand that cliffhanger, and then they leave you off with another cliffhanger, so you have to wait for the next season. It's just on and on and on and on. Well, you come from a generation that binge watches everything, <laughs> and it's instantly <laughs> at your hands. It's like, oh, season one of Cobra Kai came out, it's all yours. Binged right? within a day. <laughs> right, you watch the whole thing, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta wait two years for the next season, you know? Yeah. It's terrible. I, I don't know. Well, really I mean,. Well, I don't I know. I mean, Disney's doing it where they do, like, one episode a week, I think, for WandaVision and for um, a few of the other uh, shows that they have going on. Well, I guess it's good, so you could just stretch it out. Yeah, you could stretch it out, and then you could, um, you know, every week you have something to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, you know... I'm a big fan of both kind of sides. I'm okay. Yeah, like doing a binging. I like binging shows that are already over. Oh, yeah, that makes and sense. And then, uh, like, actually waiting for ones that aren't. So you don't mind waiting, even though... You're... It annoys me at some points, definitely. But, like, I like the Umbrella Academy, when I had to wait for that. Oh, my God, that was so annoying, because I was on... Now there's another cliffhanger, and I'm like... Yeah, you hope they do another season. Which I think they are yeah, doing another season. they are doing another season. Oh, my God. But you've been watching the same season over and over again in anticipation, right? You're just waiting? Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> I do that with... The, I have a lot of shows that I've watched. So is this a show that you... This Firefly Lane or Girl or what is it called? I, I'm going to actually wait for that one because I'm you watching it with my mom. Yeah, you have to but, wait. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think I'm going to watch it over again because okay. I already got the gist of everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what what do you what's it called again? Firefly Lane. Firefly Lane. Okay. All right. So you'll be able to wa wait for that one, especially uh -huh. since you have to wait for your mom to watch it because it's like a yeah, she takes like years to actually get ready and sit down. All right. So the two of you will be able to watch this show together. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's like a mother daughter show thing. Mm hmm. Perfect. I like the idea. I'm glad I'm not involved. And uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. This is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke from G.I. Joe, and I am here at CradleCom, and I am with It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or... 
you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So this week's pick of the week is Invincible, uh, which is both a comic book and a cartoon TV show on Amazon. And I'm specifically talking about the cartoon TV show. I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. But as I understand, it's quite good. And just by watching the TV show, I can see how it's really going to be good to watch. I understand there are differences between the comic and the show, as there always is. But for me, the show is is really fun and enjoyable. It comes out every Friday on Amazon. There should be about eight episodes, I believe. They're now up to episode seven. I've watched up to episode six. Um... I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it a lot, and that's why it's the pick of the week. Uh, it, it's a, it's it's not quite a parody, but it does definitely parody a lot of things that you've seen in Marvel and DC and in the superhero genre. But it's also taking on its own life and universe in in of itself. So in that way, it's good. It's done by Robert Kirkman, uh, who you know from The Walking Dead and numerous other great comics that he's done through Image. It's worth watching just for the voice cast alone in all honesty. Um, it's an amazing cast. You have Stephen Ewan playing Invincible, Sandra Oh playing his mother, J.K. Simmons playing the father and Omni-Man. Um, and just to name like some of the big names that are voicing on this, you have Walter Goggins, who's from The Shield and uh, Justified and uh, also did a lot of guest spots on Sons of Anarchy. You have Zachary Quinto, from, who plays Spock. Uh, Jason Manzukis, who I believe is also on, was on Star Trek Discovery. Um, Mark Hamill, who's Mark Hamill. Uh, Clancy Brown, one of the best, an excellent actor, as well as an amazing uh, voice actor. Obviously, his Lex Luthor is beyond compare. Seth Rogen is in it. Uh, Marishala Ali, who uh, was in... Uh, Luke Cage, and also on uh, House of Cards, John Hamm voices in it, Michael Dorn, who of course was Worf, um, who else? Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice, another great actor, Jaiman Huntsu, Ezra Miller, who uh, was in Justice League as a Flash, Sinequa Martin-Green, who plays Michael Burnham on uh, Star Trek Discovery, uh, they even got Reginald Van Johnson, who Val Johnson, who played Carl Winslow in Family Matters, playing Principal Winslow. So, I mean, the, just the fan service for the voice cast alone, it's worth watching. And I constantly find myself pausing it to go, "Who's that voice? I know that voice. Who's that voice? I know that voice." It's really, it's a really good, well done cartoon. It it honors. <laughs> in some ways the cartoons of my youth kind of like justice league and spider-man the animated series and batman the animated series these superhero cartoons but it's an adult cartoon there's cursing in it there's adult situations there's things like that so it's like i get to enjoy it as a kid but also enjoy it as an adult which is really 
pretty awesome. So I think it hits a lot of all the right notes. It's great to see a seriously done semi-parody of the superhero genre in a cartoon form. I guess that's the best way I could put it. So I recommend if you don't have Amazon Prime Video, which I don't know anyone who doesn't, but if you don't get it, watch Invincible. It's really good. It's this week's pick of the week. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to We Came From Radio, the official Lebeck Albacon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me, I have our special guest by virtual distancing, of course, none other, none other than Sebastian Bonet. Say hi, Sebastian. What's up, everybody? Hi. Uh, Sebastian's a friend of the show. He's a super cool artist, a really a cool guy, and he's also a uh, podcaster. Um, what else do you do? Um, podcaster. I am also a artist. Um, I said artist. Yeah, we are, I do writing um, on the side, and I also um, am the convention showrunner for Imbion. So we've ran it um, 2019-2020 virtually, and we're going virtual again. All right. So let's. Uh, I guess let's do with the conventions first. Um, what were your What are your thoughts of how the convention scene changed to virtual? Is it something that you find? that is a viable um, avenue because of how how things are now? Or do you think we should go back to the way things were, quote-unquote, the way things were as a physical convention or some type of hybrid? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think we're going to need to go hybrid um, going forward because um, what was taught was that in 2020, um, conventions, it's tough. Um, I would love to go back to a physical convention, but the virtual shows – we're not going to get what we had with um, physical conventions for a while. People are going to go in the beginning. They're going to be excited. But again, with restrictions and so everybody is like vaccinated. And so we know that we're in the clear. There are going to be some type of restrictions um, and it sucks. But I do see if done right, because there were a ton of virtual shows that happened. If done right, um, they can be a valuable asset to a convention and to a fan. Um I mean, the, the whole way we've been approaching it is trying to be, to make it a learning tool, a connecting tool virtually where people can connect, learn, and forward um, in terms of being creatives. As a, as a convention organizer, was it easier to put together the virtual or the physical? Um, putting together a virtual show, no. There were a lot of behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know what happened and what went into it. 
um there was a we had to have a team broken down of people handling stuff um in the background there was a lot of stuff learned by servers because the way we were looking we had this big robust like we had the idea to go virtually in March when the lockdowns first started. So this was already an idea we had because when everything was happening, like, you know, this is probably going to happen for a while. Let's go virtual. And that was the idea that Eric had and we ran with it. Um, and there was a lot of ups and downs going virtually that we had to pretty much tackle. And there was a lot learned. Um, so it was just as hard as running a physical show because there was a lot of behind the scene components a lot of people <laughs> did not see or that we were aware of running a virtual show. All right, so let's let's shift gears. Um, I've known you as an artist for the longest, for most of your life, as a, then you've uh, branched out into other things. So what has you been doing on the artist front? What's, uh, what new content and uh, stuff you've been working on? Um, I've been working on a lot of original IPs. I'm right now working on some art designs for the Medusa's Cascade podcast, the D&D, um, it's called Collateral Damage for Ambion. So we've been working on character designs, character concepts for the characters to push more content for that. Um, pushing out some new original IPs. I've actually um, worked with Rich Dresden in writing um, Lucky Zilla number 20. I work with Wayward Raven um, with um, their strips that they released for Damn Heroes um, for January and February. Um, currently working with A.A. Rubin um, on the next uh, Mr. Stupendous comic, which is going to be featured in the comic book school anthology. And again, I'm working on a lot of original IPs that um, one of them is a pilot that's about to be released soon uh to test the waters with it and an introduction to a new world for people um and i'm revisiting dead planet we're changing the name it's going to be and i'm working with um alex apuncis with that as well wow someone's been very busy <laughs> yeah co a bit busy lockdown re uh revisiting a lot of stuff man gonna when, when i finally see me physical in, in a convention there'll be a lot of original stuff <laughs> <laughs> um switching gears one more time because we're almost out of time um you have uh, at least three different podcasts, right? If I'm right, it's three or is it two? Um, it's currently working on three, um, which is the Nerds It Around, um, which again, and the founder, producer, and one third of the team, uh, which is me, Tony Law, which we get together every Tuesdays for lives at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and we do creative interviews. Um, I'm part of the Medusa's Cascade D&D podcast, um, Collateral Damage. I play a character named Kyver, who is a fun-loving character. Um, I say that, um, yeah, with quotes. <laughs> and I help produce currently right now, uh, I'm scheduled to produce 10 episodes for the recap uh, called Collateral, Collateral Recap, which is hosted by Alexander Sapunsi. So I hope we're producing that, um, scheduled to produce 10 episodes. Eight of them have been released now. All right, so let's see. It's social media time. So where can people find out more about each and every single individual project? Or is it like one massive hub where just people can just go to and just find out all that stuff? I wish it was one massive hub. But um, you can find me on Instagram at Sebastian Bonet Art. You can look me up on the Nerds of the Round, which you can find us on Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, definitely. Um, Twitch. And you can also find us on Instagram and on Twitter, which, again, Twitter has been a little cold, but it's the Nerds of it's the Nerds OTR on um, Twitter and on Twitch. So where did you get the name Nerds of the Round from? Um, it was a play on the, uh, you know, the Knights of the Round Table. So it was the Nerds of the Round. Um, the Nerds of the Round Table was already taken. 
but I just like the idea of just the nerds of the round. Um, um, so it's just been stuck that way ever since and just flows. Um, no one could have predicted what happened last year. So this question might be a little out there, but where do you figure two, three, four years from now are we going to be? Are you going to be? What's the goal for Sebastian Benet? Um, the goal is to build an animation studio um, because, again, the ideas of getting into animation were already there. And, um, again, we're in deep talks last year. The getting some more user experience designs, um, UX designing to help um, elevate um, the virtual con experience for users and, and not just fans, but also creators as well to make these hubs. Um, create a bigger network for creators, um, regardless of what they're creating um, in terms of networking and helping build an indie business um, with guys like from Global Comics, which um, we were lucky to get to sit with, with you, Mark, uh, obviously getting to build more content with you <clears throat> and everyone who we meet, um, especially through the show and, and guest appearances. All right, so final question. Um, you mentioned the Inbeyond Con. When is that? Is it free? Uh, where, where's the website? We didn't mention that. Um, the website, just go to inbeyondcon.com, um, which again, or you could go to inbeyond.com. It will be the final weekend of August, which is going to be August 28th and 29th. The show, yes, will be free um, for the virtual show. Um, so again, um, just like what we did last year, this was designed to be a show for creators to connect, for fans to connect, uh, for everyone to connect. And again, this was done to um, give additional exposure and to also help the community. And so if people can check it out, they can actually, uh, you have the Inbeyond Con YouTube page where all the panels were last year, they're still up, right? Yep. On the YouTube page, you can find it on the Inbeyond's um, YouTube page. You can also still find it on the website. The website will start to be updated to reflect the 2021 show. Um, and we're looking to have a nice show again with reaching out to um, various guests again um, to come back on and also to put something together and even teaming up with, uh, again, um, people with um, helping run different components. We're going to have virtual games as well. Uh, like we did last year, we had the Dungeons and Dragons um, tabletop game that was being done. Um, so we're looking to do a lot more this year um, and again, make it a, a user experience that is um, there for everyone. All right, so we have about a minute left. So uh, do you have any final thoughts? Um, final thoughts is that you're killing it, brother. Um, I want to send um, a lot of love to the community. Miss all you guys. And, you know, we're, we're to all my creative um, peeps out there, yes, let's take over the creative scene. All right, my final thought is this. I've known you for quite some time. Um, you're always a great uh, guest, a great person, a great friend of the show. Um, much continued success. I, I like how where when I met you, where you were at and where you're at now, I see the progression. So let's keep that progression going, pandemic or no pandemic. So uh, that's about it. So we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the King from the Radio. If you had any honor. You would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. 
So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.